you thought about it and you think it's right, do it. If it's wrong, okay, it's wrong. It, but I prefer that you do something rather than not doing anything. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Pascal, bienvenue and very well welcome to the Swisspreneur Show. It's a pleasure to have you here today. I'm really excited to be here also and thank you for the invitation. Our pleasure. You are the Lutre in Chief at Coca, a flash sale e-commerce platform and probably one of the hidden champions here in Switzerland. So of course you want to know everything about the ups and downs, the success stories and the secrets behind your success. Before we do talk about that, I want to start with your personal background. You studied multimedia and new technologies and also worked in a communications agency in Fribourg in the French speaking part afterwards. And I just wonder, you know, with that journey, was entrepreneurship ever a considered career option or choice for you? Um, well, I think that before um, going to a, 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 a multimedia company or, or a PR company, before that, I was also, uh, when I was at school, I was having also my company to uh, also uh, get some cash each month to pay some uh, some stuff for, for my leisure time. So uh, I always had at least uh, this entrepreneur uh, fiber in me because even when I was at school, when I was very young, I was uh, selling things to my friends. So, you know, it was always, uh, I would say, uh, in the DNA. And what did you actually sell during that time? It was more services that I was offering, uh, like, uh, you know, I had some skills in IT and uh, back in uh, uh, 95, uh, companies were a bit wondering, wondering how they can have a website or how to have a presence online. It was quite new and uh, luckily I had a bit uh, the, the skills to help them uh, going in that direction. So it was a perfect match and it was nice for me because it was uh, okay to have also kind of revenue uh, next to my school. So it was... Uh, very interesting. Absolutely. So always, you always had the side hustle uh, on the side, basically. Where does that entrepreneurial drive come from? You know, what motivated you to also be an entrepreneur, even if it was on the side in the beginning? What motivated you in that uh, regard? I think uh, being at school in a quite close environment was not really my cup of tea. For me, it was really important to be uh, always a bit different. So it was very difficult time for me at school. So I knew that in the future, having a bus and uh, following rules will be a bit difficult for me. So that was also a hint. And uh, of course, I like to uh, also uh, usually take the lead for specific events, also with my friends, also in sports, etc. So I always had that, that fiber. I was, I was even coaching and giving training to, to my hockey team at a certain stage. So for me, it's always important to uh, make things uh, becoming a reality and make things done. So sometimes I prefer to do it myself that inst instead of waiting for uh, eventually somebody else who, who can make it. So I'm really a big fan of the do a crazy thing. And that is also something that feeds your wish of being an entrepreneur. Amazing. And despite the fact of not like to have a boss, as you just put it before, then in 2005, you were actually working as an IT manager for someone else. So I assume you, you probably had a boss right there. Uh, you worked for a metal producer and then you actually decided to start a little something on the side again. 
Can you talk about where the idea came about for this new side business? Sure. Um, in fact, in that company, uh, I had a lot of uh, freedom because I was in charge of the IT and nobody knew exactly what IT was. <laughs> so it was great because I could uh, travel uh, from the US to China and help wow. the different subs. And uh, once I was in, in the US and I was talking with one of the guys and he said, oh, listen, there is this website called Woot.com who does sell products. They sell one product per day. It's interesting. So I found the concept very interesting. So I, I wrote to Wood saying, okay, I would like to start something in in Switzerland or in Europe, but they didn't know where it was uh, exactly. So it said, uh, yeah, but we are not interested. Do whatever you want. So what I did, I, I changed a bit the concept and I also uh, put a certain USP, which was more the community aspect, having a community of friends that comes on my platform and follow my advice because I'm giving them the expertise of choosing a product or testing a product and share it with them. So that was really the, 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 the basis of the, of the start. So basically you did all the work, you curated the product. You said, I strongly believe that this is a good thing. So that's why I vote for it. Now you can purchase it on just that specific day. Exactly. And really to have it for a, a, a flash moment, only for 24 hours was very important because the goal was not to destroy the market, mm -hmm. but just to suggest a product for a very limited time. So that's a bit the idea. And also, uh, I think it's it's much easier also to, to, to uh, uh, exchange with the brands if you tell them, okay, I'm going to launch the product or I'm going to help you with this product to make Make it in, uh, make it known in in a certain market, and I think that was uh, at least at the beginning really the the philosophy, and it still remains now. It's with more expertise because we have more experts in different fields, but that was really the idea uh, in the beginning. Amazing. So one expertise or one USP was the, the curation that it did, but the other one was also the flash sale moment, the only 24 hours available or until stocks last, whatever uh, is gone first, basically. What does that do to people? How do people react to that 24 hour flash sale moment? Because that's something that was quite new to Switzerland, right? Exactly. It was especially new uh, to sell on the internet in 2005 when I started. So right. uh, we were one of the first to to do sell products. We didn't have all those platforms that we have today. So, um, you know, for brands, it was uh, it was very difficult because they were scared. Internet was the devil. They didn't want to work with internet because, uh, you know, internet is not good for image. It's not good for this, this and this. So the first community of Coca was more people that were geek. So the geek with a very uh, um, good feeling and knowing that the, that buying on internet is not uh, is not that difficult and they were not scared to have their uh, credit card stolen or whatever so it was more the people that were a bit more um, like at this time we call them the, the geeks of of this of this time now it's completely different because everything is democratized and uh, uh, even my grandma she bought something on the internet so it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good development that we see right there I also wonder what were the first products that you actually sold there? Because you mentioned Geek, so you probably also had to find the right products to be appealing to the, you know, buyer persona, to the geeks. So what were the first products that you sold and what verticals and products do you sell today? Okay, so the first, first, first product was a, a you know an MP3 player with I think 128 uh, megabytes uh, of storage. Right. So it was really something crazy at this time. You know, you could upload your MP3 on it and listen to it and having in your in your pocket, and that was really uh, the, the the crazy thing at the uh, beginning. Then our community was more geek oriented, so we had uh, different Nintendos that were very difficult to get on the market, and we had the chance to have 
have a, a couple of hundreds of those uh, product on our platform. So everybody was expecting us to sell uh, this uh, new console or this new uh, product that will help you like the uh, Nintendo. Uh, this time, I don't remember the name it was, but it was. Uh, uh, yeah. So the, the, the first one from 2006, 7, 8, that were really the, the product we had then. Later on, um, we had also our uh, from a wish also from our community. We had the chance to test the, the wine industry. So we took an expert and then we developed QWine. And then the community said, OK, it's nice to have uh, electronical product and to have wine. But now we we are growing and uh, we would like also to make some sports. So we launched QSports. So we took two experts in sports and then um, we, we launched this uh, new vertical. And then we came to cooking kids and the QBeer. And that that's uh, now the last one is Clock, where it's more uh, related to the watch industry. So we had really a different uh, uh, journey because the, 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 that that was really coming from our community saying we would like to have those kind of product or we would like to have this uh, type of uh, of product because we need to to have more uh, sports related product. We need to have more uh, product related to a, a discover restaurant or or things related to kitchen with the nice recipes, etc., etc. So we, we this is we, we followed a bit the, the flow that was a bit the, 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 the thing. That's really impressive how you organically grew based on the community input. How do you actually gather the feedback from them? Did you ask them over email or surveys about what they want to have next? Or how did they tell you what you should do next? So basically, it comes a lot from the social media, but it comes also a lot from our forums. Our forums are open to discussion. So people are really pushing. the. So it comes from multiple ways. We have it from our forum. We have it from social uh, networks, but we have it also per email. So we really centralize all um, those wishes. And then we can ask through our blog okay you said that you would like to have those kind of product what do you think is, is it true or is it just uh, uh, it's just a couple of people and then you can feel that your community really wants those kind of products so then you you go and work on what your community asks you to work on and that's a bit how we we work it's interesting because often when we talk about business ideas and how to validate them right people say yeah take surveys but then they often realize, okay, people tell you that it's a good thing when they don't have to put their money down. So did you also experience that, that people wish for things that a lot of people ask for, but then when you actually list them on the shop, nobody or rarely anybody will actually buy them? It, it happened once, I think, where uh, we even asked them the color. We asked them for multiple, uh, um, yeah, multiple things to to build the product with the community, and it was a, a complete uh, mess because nobody bought it, and we did not understand. But exactly as you said, when you have to engage uh, at a certain amount, uh, 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 yeah, a certain amount, it's sometimes ah, yeah, finally, I'm not sure, mm -hmm. and uh, it, that's a bit different. But luckily, we. Learned from from this, and now we involve the community differently. We even organize sometimes workshop. We give them samples, so we we can be a bit more proactive and listen even more carefully uh, to the community and not uh, uh, lose our time with something that uh, we, we completely miss, messed up about. So now we are a bit more, let's say, uh, clearer, and uh, it, it's uh, it's we listen to the people differently. Great. So also steep learning curve in that regard. Completely. And one of the things that you do need to get right is you need to get your hands on good deals. You mentioned the rare Nintendos, for example, but also in general, you need to get hands on the really good deals. 
So how do you actually get those amazing deals done? We, we've heard that there are rumors of a Tesla and also Picasso. So please tell us a bit more about that. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, it's, it's not uh, rumors. It, you can even find it on our, our history, but it's, it's uh, interesting. We, the, the first thing we did, that, which was a, a bit crazy, is to sell a car uh, on Coca. It was a Mini, the first car. Then we had Porsches. And then we, we did it also with Tesla. And uh, uh, we did it also with the Picasso. The, the, the secret with this is really to find the product that attracts people. But then you have to handle it correctly because the first time we, we have sold cars, it had it happened the same with the Tesla. When you have the trucks coming here and they deliver you the, the, the cars, mm -hmm. you don't know where to store them. It's not yeah. like a normal product. <laughs> so you have to handle it differently than organize all the deliveries to the different customers, etc., etc. So that's a, that, that's a different uh, approach. But um, for, for instance, if we come back to the Picasso, the Picasso story is even uh, funnier because uh, the, the idea is was to have a Picasso, which will um, be the property of the community and the community will be able to vote for what's next with this Picasso. So uh, we found the, the painting of Picasso and we had to raise in 48 hours, 2 million to make sure the community can own this Picasso. So that was the, the, the thing. So for 50 francs, you can have a share of that Picasso and you can enter to the museum where it's exposed freely, seeing I'm, co I'm coming to check where's my painting. <laughs> so it's very, it's very, very interesting. But that was really to show also to, to the, 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 the people that we can also democratize uh, something that is uh, not accessible. And having a Picasso shared with uh, the community is something uh, which was very, very interesting because we saw a real uh, wish from the, from, from the community to be part of this uh, story. And it even came that uh, Picasso's son contacted us saying, wow, what you did was crazy. My father would have loved to, to, to see what you did because with 50 francs, you can become uh, uh, um, you can have a Picasso, so it's uh, it's something quite funny. So cool, but that that shows also the involvement of the community, yeah. and uh, and that was uh, for me a very uh, important and interesting moment uh, uh, with the, with the community, and also to to see how people can mobilize their, themselves to to be part of something that they really believe in, and that was uh, I liked it very much. That's really next level community building and engagement. Yeah, that, for me it was impressive to see really all that mood and uh, and people very uh, positive about uh, uh, this crazy idea. If we stay with 2005, I also wonder, you know, back in the day, of course, you had the idea in the US, but why was 2005 the right time to actually start Coca? You know, I was working in this uh, uh, metal industry oriented company since uh, one year and a half. And uh, for me, I was always doing things uh, on the side. So uh, I felt it. I started the, the, the company. I had, uh, I had uh, at the beginning, no employees and one, then three, then five, then six. And then after uh, four, four years, I decided to quit my work to, to be 100% on, on my company. So mm -hmm. that was, um, uh, of course, risky at this, uh, at that time, but it was funny because I, did not um, uh, uh, raise money. You know, it was really a story starting from nothing with a very, very, very low amount of money because I created a SRL, which was uh, with 20K. So I, I only, because at that time you could only put 10K. So I, I 
I took some money from uh, friends and uh, and from uh, some money that I had uh, also, and mm -hmm. uh, and I started like this, and and for me it was natural to 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 start this uh, this story, and and then I saw that uh, uh, um, the, the community was really responding well, and uh, I thought it. It's interesting to push it a bit uh, in a different level. So when I, I joined my own company at 100%, it was also uh, different. People were more uh, also uh, involved. So it was really uh, interesting. And it was funny to, to, to say, okay, I start my company with little uh, amount of money, which is only uh, my money. So let's see how, where we can go. And, uh, and that, was, uh, that was quite uh, funny. Amazing. And why did you actually decide to start that? like part-time to your already existing full-time job and not go in full-time at Coca right right away? I think at this time, uh, I had the possibility to make it this way. So for me, um, I was really a workaholic at this time. I was working like 20 hours a day. So even for for my uh, work as an IT manager, I was working a lot. And on the side, I was making that little side project called Coca. And then I was hiring people and uh, doing the thing really, for, it, it was really a game. And then when it became more serious, I said, okay, probably at this time I have to talk with my employer saying, okay, now it's becoming a bit more serious. Do you agree if we find a way that in six months or one year, I just quit slowly and uh, I said, yeah, yeah, it's great. Let's do it this way. And uh, luckily I had a nice employer at this time. And, uh, and uh, because I was transparent with him since the first day, which was uh, really important for me. And then uh, I could quit and put all my energy in the, in the project. But I think I did it also because it was a kind of safety nest for me. You know, you start a company, but you still have your work. But of course, if you do it, you have to work much more. And for me, at this time, it wasn't a problem to work uh, 20 hours uh, a day. So I had the weekends also. And if you can schedule your or, or arrange your agenda to make it uh, fine and, and that you are quite uh, strict on what you do, I think you can handle it. It's just a matter of uh, perception and organization. Right. There are two things that really stuck with me. One that you said before is you really optimized for freedom. You looked for an employer that gives you the freedom, which was personally important to you. But then you also very openly communicated with them about the expectations and what you're building. I think that's a wonderful takeaway for people that might be in a similar situation. I just wonder also, how did your days look like? Like, what did you do when, at what time and how do you split the time between Coca and, and your full time job? My priority was always my full-time job. That was clear for me because, you know, I, I worked even uh, seven days a week because, it, um, let's say, the, the role I had in this company was very important. So I had really to take care of uh, any issue related to uh, IT. So it could be the ERP system, it could be any other uh, issue. So I was really, for me, that was the higher priority. And then I had my uh, COCA thing with uh, things that I could uh, anticipate and prepare a little bit in advance. So uh, I, I think it's more, where do you put the energy? For me, the main point was really my daily work because I had also the trust of my employer and uh, and that was really important for me. It's also the way uh, I was educated. I mean, uh, if you, you you do something, do it at 100%. So I was 120% on my, on my own work. And then for COCA, I was working even at 100%. And it was it was clear for, for my employer and, and he never told me, oh, I see that you are uh, less focused or whatever, because it wasn't the case. And 
if you can handle it and do it properly and that you're really, um, I mean, clean with what you do, I mean, and, and you put the priority on where you get the money from, I think it's, it's also, it makes a difference. Absolutely. Were there still any tough trade-offs that you had to make in the past? You know, working that much, I can imagine you also have a personal or private life that probably didn't have that much time. Yeah, that was, uh, let's say, more... I would say uh, the the weekends uh, I I could do some switch. So it's always important to balance things. Also with uh, uh, for me it was with sports. You know, I mean if you do sports and you have also your girlfriend that you can also uh, spend time with it is good. But it doesn't mean that if you're with your girlfriend that you're not reachable for your main work or that you can just quickly put something online or or whatever. You just have to to handle it uh, properly. That's <laughs> that's the thing. But it was uh, at a certain time uh, not easy days because um, when you work that much uh, uh, sometimes um, you don't make the full difference between your uh, personal life and uh, but I had really some strict things like sports was very important for me and I will go to training I will go to and for me that was really my moment and it's important to have this balance if uh, you want to continue with a positive energy amazing yes and at the same time, um, I also wonder, you know, that setup, you did that. It seems that you also enjoyed it. Would you do anything differently now looking back? Would you have jumped full time at Coca earlier or asked differently? Would you recommend the same setup to other people starting out with their businesses? Um, I think if uh, uh, um, I would have uh, the chance to come back in time and uh, do things differently, I would have probably be a bit more uh, or a bit less naive and a bit more careful because, uh, of course, when you're a bit young and naive, you trust everybody and sometimes yeah. it's not good. So, um, of course, I learned it uh, very much and it was uh, very difficult. At a certain time, I even uh, thought about uh, stopping everything. And uh, luckily, I had uh, uh, in a personal aspect, the nice support said, no, no, you have to continue, continue with your own values and you will see after a moment it will, it will turn in a positive, uh, positive way. So the only advice I would give is um, do the things, be crazy. Uh, I mean, uh, for me, it's very uh, uh, important to, to uh, uh, there is that sentence that um, another e-commerce guy told me that he, he saw on internet. It's uh, uh, don't ask for permissions, ask for forgiveness. And I think this is true because sometimes if you wait to have the okay to do things, it takes so much time that you don't do it. But if you do it and then you say, oh, sorry, I didn't know that it hurted you. And, and, and I mean it, I'm really sorry. Right. Uh, I mean, you have more uh, chance of success because things are done. And uh, uh, if you have a, a positive way to make things, it will rarely hurt uh, anyone. At least things are done and you can continue. But if you have to wait to have the okay of this and this, you know, for the Picasso thing, if I would have uh, uh, listened to my colleagues or to my lawyer, I will never have done it so of course, uh, yeah. but uh, today we did it and uh, and the the, the 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 things were so positive that it was right to do it so sometimes you have to listen to yourself but it doesn't mean that you don't have to listen to the others but um, especially uh, i would say in our country in switzerland we are always careful on things and we have people around us saying oh but are you sure be careful etc etc which is good in a certain sense but if you feel it do it even if you completely mess up it doesn't matter at least you have tried what is the okay. risk you always have to think what is the risk 
I mean, yeah, if I go to jail, it's probably a higher risk than if I just lose my my job for one or two months. It's not the same risk. So uh, evaluate the thing and the happiness it will give you. And that's that's important, I think. You also mentioned that you thought about giving up multiple times. I think that's also part of every entrepreneur's journey. Who or what kept you going in these tough moments? I would say uh, my close colleagues, I think they were really uh, giving me uh, the, the right energy. And also at that time, um, uh, my, my, um, my, my girlfriend at that time, she was helping me also thinking differently and saying, okay, you know, it's a difficult moment, but continue. I mean, you always uh, believed in your thing, so go ahead. And, and also some very close, close friends. That, that was a, a bit the, the, the thing. But you have to, when you are in, um, you know, it's, it's, it's like, going in a in, in a bad mood or, or in, in a bad moment if you can have that kick that helps you to to go up again yeah. sometimes that's really the the moment where where you you change a bit the mind you change a bit the vision that you have and and you're back on track again it, it happens but those moments are really important because it shows you that when everything is fine you can just remember that you had those bad moments and you say, oh, wow, I have to enjoy it. And sometimes that's a bit the, the thing I'm, I'm exchanging with my colleague. We succeed on things, but we, we forget to, to celebrate because it's so important. I mean, you did it. It's fantastic. And sometimes we are already uh, on the next project. Of but course. no, no, no. You have to look back sometimes <laughs> just for positive things and say, wow, we did it this way. It's fantastic. It's unbelievable. But of course, since uh, um, probably it's coming also from our culture of Swissness, we, we, okay, we are already working on the next project and we go and which is very good because it gives us also uh, the possibility to go ahead and only, not only celebrate, which is, which yeah. is nice, but it's sometimes it's important also to look back and say, okay, we did it and, and share the emotion with the team and, uh, and the people because it's uh, often very hard work and, uh, and we have to recognize this. Fully agree. Another thing that a close friend of yours actually said is that you have 1000 ideas per hour, basically. So I also wonder, you know, in the back in the time, you then had to decide to go for Coca. So how do you actually decide what you want to focus on besides having all these great ideas, these 1000 ideas? How do you pick the one that you want to work and focus on? So uh, I'm still having 1000 ideas and, uh, and and I'm still working on, on that because it, it all comes from the people you have around you. If you have the right people who helps you to um, define what is, uh, uh, let's say, the, the, the right thing to go with, it, it's easier because otherwise you, you go there and there and there and there and you will notice that you don't go until the end of the project. So sometimes you can have 1000 ideas, but you focus on one, two and you get it done. And when it's mm -hmm. done, you go on the next one. So it's, um, it's having really the right people with you. And, um, it's, uh, it's like, uh, uh, somebody who has a lot of ideas and, and he has the right support with people saying, okay, but did you think about this? Ah, no, that, uh, and then you just shape it and you define that this is better than this. And then you go for this. So you start and then you have the team on the back who does the, the real work. Work. Right. So it's it's always listening and exchanging with the with the colleagues that makes the, the huge difference. This is why today, if I'm talking about Coca, it's not a, a, a it's not a story of 
Pascal Meyer, it's really a story of the whole company because everybody gave really his input and, uh, and uh, uh, without the people, Coca will, will not be uh, here today. So it's really the, the fact that we have this strong team and the, 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 the people who really speaks to you directly and say, no, here, this is wrong or you messed up here or and this is really valuable. And, and you have to push that to have those talents really growing and having those people with you gives a, a big advantage. I guess we could just probably do a full episode about that part itself. But at the beginning, you actually were a solo founder, right? So I also wonder what were the advantages and also disadvantages about that setup? Because usually if you talk to investors, solo founders are something that they don't really like to invest in, for example. Yeah, this is why I probably never looked for investors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, you know, being solo doesn't mean that you don't listen to the others. So even if I'm, I'm the, let's say, uh, founder of Coca, it doesn't mean that uh, I did not keep or have people around me that I, I considered like co-founders for me. So uh, uh, for me, it's not a, a, a story with one guy. It's a story with a team. And that's really making the huge difference. You know, I always say to my colleagues, you know what, do things, even if they are wrong, at least you do. So if you don't have the answer or you're waiting for somebody to approve it, no, if you thought about it and you think it's right, do it. If it's wrong, okay, it's wrong. It's, but I prefer that you do something rather than not doing anything. So for, for me, it's really the philosophy. And of course, sometimes we are completely wrong. And I said, okay, but at least you tried. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, it's important. And, and it's really the way we, we work. And you are also very open in terms of talking to potential competitors, right? So how do you handle that? They are not really competitors in your eyes. For me, we don't have any competitors in Switzerland. I mean, uh, we are talking with all the e-commerce players. I mean, it's even... Uh, I think better to exchange because in fact the market is uh, it's big enough to have uh, multiple players everyone has his uh, USP and I, I'm, I'm very positive when I see all those big companies that take the time also to exchange and I think uh, we have really open-minded uh, CEOs or boards uh, here uh, in Switzerland and, and I would say that the majority is very happy to exchange to also uh, fight for uh, uh, finding um how to make a better service to to the the, the the end customer, and I think it's more a journey that we do all together than somebody. Oh, I will not tell him my idea, otherwise, otherwise he will steal it. Ah, this is completely bullshit. I mean, share things. It's always good to have uh, ex exchanges and 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 share some experiences. So for me, that that's really important. Wonderful. And then at the end, the execution matters, right? That's exactly the key factor. Completely. You've also said throughout your entrepreneurial journey that you've had to learn how to be less impulsive. So we also wonder what's the story behind that statement. You know, when you're uh, young, you start your company, you don't sleep that much. Sometimes you take decisions uh, very quickly and, uh, and uh, you are a bit impulsive. And, uh, and I think it's, it's more uh, an immature way to act. And I think at a certain time at the beginning, I was sometimes immature. But when you have the people around you saying, here, you are immature and you listen to them, mm -hmm. it gives you, uh, first you come back to earth. And you say, oh, okay, oh, yeah, they're right. And then you start thinking differently. How can I transmit the same message, but with, with uh, having the people on the other side not offended, but that the people at the, the person in front of you says thank you to you. So uh, then I worked on this saying, oh, that's interesting. And I, I will try that. 
and uh, and it works. It, it's much 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 time valuable and much easier. Uh, we had the, the we had the. Um, a company that was our neighbor and uh, when the guy from from uh, the from DHL was coming he was always he was really shouting at them to make sure that they come always on time etc etc and when he came to our office we we'll always serve him a coffee or discuss with the guy etc yeah. etc et you know it doesn't cost you anything to be nice with people but the day you are really um, fucked up you have the support of those people and I think the people that are arrogant or impulsive or not nice with other people they have more to lose than to win and uh, you know being nice with people uh, just give them con give Giving them consideration is just the basis of anything you have to do. If you take that in consideration, you know, sometimes you have very great surprise. And, uh, and I can tell you, in our journey, we had it several times. And it was, uh, it, yeah, it, sometimes, of course, you are, ni you are nice with people. You don't get anything, but that's okay. That's fine. I mean, you better be nice than not nice. I mean, the cost of energy is the same. So better be nice. And sometimes people say, oh, but those guys, they were so nice to me. I will help them to, to find a solution. And that, that's the way it works. I mean, you have to, to just be nice with people. It will be much more uh, interesting for you in the future. For me, that's uh, uh, don't be uh, the guy who scared the people. Because, of course, you get results, but it's really thinking short term. Yeah. If you're nice with people, it doesn't mean that you're not serious, that you're not uh, a professional. No, you can be very nice with people. And if something is wrong, you can be nice saying this is wrong. People will listen to you even better than if you shout you know that's really the, the the thing i think today's episode is brought to you by relay relay is a bitcoin only investment app from switzerland available on android and ios that gives everyone an easy and secure way to invest in bitcoin with minimal barriers to entry no deposit kyc verification or registration is required after you download the app just choose the amount of euros or swiss francs you want to invest and make the payment using a bank transfer. That's it. You can start with as little as 10 euros or Swiss franc and pay 0% transaction fees until the end of 2021. Alternatively, you can automate this process by starting a weekly or monthly savings plan and buy Bitcoin at regular intervals. To learn more, head over to relay.ch slash ambassadors slash Swisspreneur and buy Bitcoin with Relay, Europe's easiest Bitcoin investment app. I'm really impressed because kindness goes a long way and it's really the long-term game that you're exactly. playing here. That's super impressive. We heard it over and over again, the importance of the team. And one thing it seems that you did particularly well is hire early and hire the right complementary people to your skill set. So who and how do you actually find the, the key hires to actually also build a strong team to then execute the COCA success? Um, you know, we are currently in a, in, a, in a moment where we have a big growth. So, um, we see that hiring people that are much skills than you are is really the, the, the right thing. Um, let's say that, uh, what I do for me, a lot of things are based on trust. So if you need to hire somebody, do it yourself. Of course, we have an HR department that has 
grown drastically during the past three months. But um, those people are here to support you. But if you think this guy is the right guy, go ahead. The only thing is you need to hire people that are more skilled than you to help you grow. And also, so that's right. that's a bit the, the the thing. So now today I'm not having any view on who is hired and what. I trust completely the people here, and I have this new HR department now that is really really we don't we even don't call it HR we call it uh, people and culture so for us it's 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 a different approach it's also uh, you know having if you want to have the right talent coming to your company you have to give them the freedom you have to give to give them the trust I mean that's that's really important and of course you have some people that doesn't want to have the trust or they want to know exactly where they go it's fine it's also fine we have to work with everybody I think that's a bit the thing so to find the, the right people I really leave the person who has the need of a new uh, um, colleague or needs a new uh, position to handle it because he is the best to choose the right people. Yeah, exactly. Makes sense. Another challenge that you also briefly mentioned is you did not take on any funding. Well, uh, very little around, but like we could always say you didn't take on any funding because very often startups, they trade the, the fast growth, the hyper growth versus the profitability, right? And they take on investors' money to grow as quickly as possible. Why was not taking on a lot of money? Because with your strong numbers, you probably could have done that. Why was that the right strategy for you? Um, for, for, so clearly, at the beginning, I didn't need to raise money. So it was fine. Um, I did it with my own money. And that was that was perfect. And I, I really, I'm, I'm really happy that we did this way. Then later on, we had a lot of people or, or VCs that tried to contact us. But what is the, I mean, what can we get from them? We can get money, uh, but we can get a lot of problems because we have to be a bit more professional on the way we structure uh, our accounts and we have to show numbers and we have to report. And report to somebody is not really my cup of tea. So how can we uh, take advantage of that? So we decided that we don't need cash because, I mean, we are profitable. We always were profitable. We always, uh, I think, assumed um, the, the thing. We never had big buildings with uh, before having the cash that we need to have good offices. And so for us, it was really growing slowly but surely because at this time we could do that. Today, if you would start a company, you will need a lot of cash to do some marketing, et cetera, et cetera. At this time, we didn't, we, we didn't have the, the need of this. So it was the, 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 let's say, probably luckily in a certain, uh, a certain sense, the right time to start probably a, an e-commerce company and to have the trust of the people. Now, I see that with uh, e-marketing or marketing, it's not the same, let's say, you don't have the same quality of people that are following you. And that, that's that's different. So I, we never had the need to get cash or we didn't want to get cash just to put a lot of money in e-marketing and have a crazy a crazy uh, growth. For us, it, it, was, it was important just to continue slowly but surely with qualitative people. Probably it was wrong at this time and probably today we would have had a double of our turnover. But I mean, we were happy. We um, follow also our values and we listen to the community. We know that we are uh, we have to improve uh, in a certain sense for this, this and this and that we are good for this, this and this. But we always look what we can improve and how we can be better. And that's very important. And I also think like with your community focus, you also don't really need to invest that much money into marketing because you are so much community focused. 
they come to you and they come and rebuy from you because they like you for the culture and everything you stand for. I hope people like the culture, like the values. Uh, as I always said, for me, it's not important that we have somebody who buys a lot. What is important is people who comes comes on our platform, read our tech tests, they, they, they laugh because they find it funny or they get a free recipe from us. Or And then if they think we are good enough and we are offering something they need, it's good for them that they can benefit from it. But it's not the most important thing to sell product. I think the consequence of being nice, offering a good service and uh, sharing also funny things with the community uh, is that you become profitable. But you don't focus on only selling product. I mean, it's always uh, the, the full journey. And if people think you're uh, nice enough or or they, they think, ah, oh, that's an interesting offer that they are proposing today, then it, feel free to get it. That's that's right. okay. But it's not only selling product. It's not the strategy. The consequence is that we are uh, selling product. But the, the idea, the basic idea is really to share a good opportunity, but also freely uh, to invite them to an event or to exchange. And that, that's for me very important or to have their advice because this is valuable for the other people of the community. Absolutely. In, in that regard, with the community focus aspect, what role do actually performance marketing ads play? Do you run them? Do you run them just as a necessary evil or not at all? So how do you, you know, the paid marketing channels, what role do they play in your community focus aspect? For the community aspect, I mean, um, to, to be really transparent, at the beginning we had no, not too much e-marketing, but now we have really a department, and this department is using e-marketing. So they they pay for ads, uh, especially especially in market like Swiss German, where we have less visibility mm -hmm. to to say hello, we are here, we are Coca. Yeah. But it's very difficult because we would like to communicate with a um, funny tone, but it's difficult because we are not known. So you, we have yeah. to make it differently because we were not on the market since long time with a. Big more visibility so we have to to it's it's always difficult and it's a very uh, um, I would say difficult subject today because we want to uh, to, to say to the Swiss German hello we are here and uh, we do also a nice job and uh, we are always compared to other platforms that are uh, that have nothing to do than what we do so uh, it, it's always difficult but then when the person does the experience on Coca then he says oh well, it's nice so I will continue yeah. but it's difficult to have this first uh, experience and uh, this is why we do have a, a budget for e-marketing on mostly on the Swiss German part. Makes sense and talking about the Swiss German part you are based here in the Swiss French speaking part the Romandie so how do you actually experience the famous Röstigraven yourself what are the differences between the, the Swiss French speaking and the Swiss German speaking part? It's interesting because um, you know, we, I told you uh, earlier that we have sold some porches. So it came on the news uh, or even with the Picasso, but more with the porches. It came uh, worldwide on the news, Germany, uh, Italy, France, but not in the Swiss German part. It didn't came to the media and was, oh my God, you know, it's very difficult. <laughs> Why do we have uh, an issue with the Swiss German or whatever? Because we really need to. And in the end, uh, it, it's not the case. It's probably it wasn't relevant uh, uh, for this topic. But uh, I think, and and as far as I see, when I go to Zurich or Bern or when I give speeches or conferences, people are very excited about what we do, but they don't know us because we never been there. So it's difficult for the people to to get to know us if we have no visibility. So we have to work on this. And really, the issue doesn't 
come from the Swiss German, it comes from coca that is not visible in the Swiss German part. Because when we exchange with people, oh, they, they like it, it's cool. And uh, and for me, the Röstigraben thing is more uh, something uh, coming from the Roman. They think there is a Röstigraben. But when you go to Zurich, Bern uh, or Basel, they, they even laugh. They like the Roman. It's, ah, oh, yeah, the Roman. And, and, you know, there is always, um, they, 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 they like it. They, they, they Of course, they, they laugh. But it's very positive at the end. And, uh, and uh, I think it's more coming from the Roman because it's a minority. And the minority always thinks that they are really oppressed, you know. So it's right. it's a thing. But in, in reality... We don't see, uh, our, at least I don't see any issues. It's even, uh, I think, uh, um, better than this because I do have a lot of exchanges now with a lot of uh, companies in the Swiss German part and it's always so valuable and, uh, and we get to learn from each other and it, it's cool. very, very interesting. So it's more of a mental barrier than a real issue. Completely. In that regard, talking about learnings, what do you think the Swiss German speaking part can learn from the Romandie and vice versa? I would say, um, uh, you know, the, the, the Swiss romans, they are a bit uh, more Latin in a certain sense. If they find something fun, they will share it quickly with friends, etc. The Swiss German, they are more factual. I mean, um, uh, but they are more loyal also. I mean, if you are, if you do something and you prove that you are doing well, they will be very loyal, except if you mess up, of course. Yeah, right. And that's really the, I would say, the, the, the major uh, difference. But, you know, we have now an office in Zurich with 11 people and we do uh, work differently now and and we see where we are weak and we are we try to improve and I can tell you the member of our community in the Swiss German part they are really good guys they even give us good inputs and that's that's really important and uh, I think we have to to continue to listen to them and we will continue our journey and I'm sure everything's will will perform but we have to listen change and uh, go in a positive direction fantastic And performance was also a big topic in 2020 when the COVID crisis hit all over the world. Uh, E-commerce was actually one of the beneficiaries of the whole crisis. So you also decided to help those that were not as lucky to actually benefit from the crisis. So what did you decide to do? Again, a very nice thing from your side. Be kind, I would say. Yeah, because, you know, um, to be very, very honest, it was uh, in March uh, 2020 when we heard that there is this lockdown. So everybody was at home. And we said, okay, we don't know what is going on with e-commerce because, you know, uh, all the... Um Um, all, uh, all the other countries were probably not delivering Switzerland anymore. So everything was stuck. So we said, okay, we have skills of people that does development. So why not making a platform that will connect the little um, uh, uh, shops that uh, are closed or a little butcher that are open, but uh, they have no visibility to make sure that the people don't go only to big shopping centers, that they go also to the little bakery, little Uh, a butcher, a little uh, farmer, etc., etc. So we created a, a, a platform, and what we did, we said, okay, it's not the Coca way just to have a platform that is uh, putting the names of uh, different uh, uh, providers. Make, let's make it one step ahead. So I said, okay, to my colleague, I will raise money. I will try to find money and we will uh, create a platform. So we created a platform called direct.ch. So uh, direct with 
the queue, the D-I-R-E-Q-T.ch. And this platform was in French and German. And the idea is, was, for instance, if you're a butcher, you just go on the platform and you have your own URL. So it was direct.com slash blah, blah, blah. And you could get a voucher. So people will buy a voucher. Uh, for instance, you pay a voucher which costs uh, 100 francs and you get 120 francs uh, or, or 110 francs as uh, cash. And the, the, the butcher will get 130. So you pay 100, the butcher gets uh, um, uh, 20 francs extra and you get, sorry, 10% discount. So you pay 90, you have 100 and the butcher gets 120. So I had to find somebody who pays the 30 yeah, francs. Right. So of course we paid all the platform, all the development, all the payment fees, etc. And I contacted uh, CEOs of uh, insurance company like La Vaudoise and Group Mutuel. And I told them I need 1 million. Please send me 1 million, we will create this concept. So they were a bit shaked. The guy is asking for one million, you know, and but both they said yes. They said we like the project. We put one million. So with the two million to um, finance the twenty percent uh, extra that we give to the to the guys and the the ten percent discount we give to the to the people, uh, we could uh, have regenerated almost nine million of Swiss francs of help for the little nice. shops. And after that, the local uh, Canton de Vaux they they came to us saying, okay, we liked what what you did. We would like to do the same, but only for Canton de Vaux. So I said, okay, we can find the solution. And they said, we will not put one or two million, we'll put 15 million. So um, with this, so they did it once with 15 and once with uh, uh, almost uh, 12 million because we did it twice. Nice. And with this and what we did, plus we did a new uh, thing in December to help local shops, we have raised with Coca more than 100 million. I think it was 110 million to support local shops. And it costed us in terms of uh, capital. Uh, 1.2 million. So for us, it was an investment of 1.2 million. But in March, we didn't know that e-commerce will boom. So of yeah. course, we were happy to see that even we are doing something very positive, e-commerce was booming. So it was nice. But where we were a bit sad is we said, okay, Coca is very little and we are creating platforms to help really local shops. So why the other e-commerce platform are not doing the same or be inspired to do the same or come with us, join us. We have developed a platform so you can. And at this time, the big platforms were probably too busy to handle so their growth. And and that was a bit the, the thing. But we were very proud and it gave, it gave us also really a common sense to, to do something that was very valuable for, for the, the shops, even if it had a human cost that was I cannot, uh, you know, it was very high because we worked really a lot to support those shops, to create the pages, and everybody was involved. Plus all the, the, you know, the fees that we had to pay to make sure that they don't get impacted on them so that people cannot imagine. And also in terms of uh, accounting to make sure that when somebody use a voucher, you're not paid at the end of the month, but you're paid two days later. Then yeah. you get the cash very quickly and there is no fees, no, you know, and that was sometimes we had people saying, but this is too good to be true. Said, yeah, but that's the way it is. So, you know, just to do the thing and, and then if you want, you, you can jump in it. But yeah, but how do you get the, it's crazy. And I had uh, different people on the phone that uh, I helped to create their pages, etc. And I remember that woman, she was uh, uh, selling flowers. 
And then she started to cry on the phone because she saw that uh, with all the community, people paid 3,000 francs uh, to help her. Uh, so she, she was, you know, it, it was impressive for her yeah, to see that uh, with Coca, she had uh, a lot of visibility because we did put that on our uh, app and also on our uh, homepage. So everybody was aware that we were supporting those uh, little shops and that we, we they have to support them. So the community was really uh, mobilized to, to help those. Uh, those little uh, uh, shops and and it was very very positive it's a beautiful story yeah and you also had such a huge impact so how did that make you feel as a person you know to to be able to actually deliver that together with your team of course but how did that make you feel to see that huge impact that you had you know, it's a, we are really proud to see that it helped people because it didn't help them only to get cash. It helped them also to um, uh, to understand that uh, being uh, on, on, on being digital and be, being a bit more digital will help them in the future. So we were very happy because we could help them also having a different vision on what's digital and what's uh, being online, and that uh, uh, also to get uh, uh, visibility and and and. and and I think that's the most thing we have to 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 get from that is that we help them also to go in a different step and change also probably their they, they were probably um, not having visibility online and now they all learn from that and I think that's yeah. that's very important. Absolutely, and there were also estimations about your sales numbers in 2020 before they say okay you will probably hit about 100 million in revenue. So what's the verdict after 2020 ended? How much did he end up with? Yeah, um, that, that was also uh, some, an expectation I did. I said, well, 2020, I think we can, if we work very hard, we can hit the 100 million, which is quite crazy because two years yeah. before we had, we were at 10 million. So, and uh, um, with the, with all what happened, we hit the 137 million turnover, which was, wow, uh, completely incredible because compared to 2019, it was an increase of 50 percent so it's uh yeah that that, that was uh, uh impressive really impressive but difficult to handle due to people that you have to hire and the logistic that you have to maintain and after self uh, service that you want to keep with the same level etc so that was a bit uh, that was the, the, the thing how do you manage that challenge because with every growth you think it's amazing we grow we have more revenue but then you also of course have to do all the little pieces to actually be able to fulfill that so to be quite honest i'm scared because it's uh, it's new it's difficult but as i said before if you hire the higher skill people around you and you get the right people around you you can go much faster and you can really accomplish things that you will never thought you can do and uh, and that's where where we stand now and uh, and luckily we have really very very uh, valuable and nice people around us and that helps us a lot I, I like that also on a personal level, you know, when you hit goals that you think were not possible one or a few years back and then you suddenly hit them, it's it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, sometimes uh, life is, uh, is yeah, giving you some surprises and uh, that was, a, let's say, a, a, an interesting surprise. So with such an outstanding success so far, what are your plans for the future? What else do you want to build and tackle with Coca? 
I think we have a lot of uh, things to uh, to still accomplish. We have um, uh, a new building uh, that we are we are building, which is a kind of center where a kind of campus where we have uh, uh, different companies, startups, and uh, also experience. Where we would like also to have a, a kind of meeting point where you have young entrepreneur with more experienced entrepreneur to get them exchange with events and stuff like this. So we are uh, we will enter in that building in next March and uh, and we have multiple crazy things in it. We have a bre- uh, very interesting brewery uh, where we'll have different beers down there. Um, yeah, we, we have a lot of surprise in that uh, future building, but it's also a safe space for our colleagues to work in with a, a different uh, aspect like uh, uh, you know we are close to the nature so they can go and walk having meetings that you can do while walking so you know we, we try to keep the same spirit and still have fun in what we do and uh, and try to be more uh, proactive in that field and the other thing that we would like to do is the vision is really to continue uh, to be uh, uh, community uh, uh, driven so uh, it's to develop also new services for our community because the community has such a trust in us that we have to make sure that we find also the right services to 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 give them and and this is where we are also putting our energy on amazing so there's a lot of stuff coming yes fantastic and along the way do you have any plans to exit or sell the company it's not really on the on the program right now so uh for me uh, i i think i i don't need it but I think there is another uh, way of, uh, um, uh, you know, having uh, to sell the company will, I think, to me, it's not the right approach. But having your community be part of your success could be something that uh, I could dig in a little bit more. And uh, today, if I'm very honest, it's all a matter of community. If the community gives us the trust, uh, it, it will help us grow. And I think we should find a way to to share this success with our community. And, and this is something I'm working on also. Yeah, we also recently had uh, one of the Neon co-founders uh, in our podcast, and they did a, a tokenized crowdfunding. That's an so interesting thing. <laughs> that was also something that they did and executed. So that's interesting to consider. Before we wrap up today's episode, I also wonder if you have, I mean, you must have, you are the gadget master from my perspective. Do you have any resources or gadgets that you can recommend to our listeners? It can be anything from books to pod- podcast blogs or gadgets that you sell yourself sure no 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 nothing that i sell myself but there are uh, um, a lot of books that i think that are really um, giving uh, um, inspiration at least i i would recommend even if it's let's say old books in a certain way I think there is this guy from Zappos uh, who uh, unfortunately passed away recently, but who did an interesting book was Delivering Happiness. And I think this is really a a philosophy that I will recommend to uh, anyone who just want to understand a bit the the philosophy of of treating a community or a customer. And I think it's an interesting uh, book. And there is another one that I I really liked. It's the uh, founders of Basecamp who, who did 
it. I, I don't remember the, the the name of the of the book, but it's uh, if you type uh, a Basecamp uh, founder book, you will find it very very quickly. It's very interesting to see the philosophy. And uh, when I, I I read that book, I said, wow, you know it they have really the same they share the same philosophy as we have and uh, and i think it's more you know um if it's all a matter of uh, um having your your colleagues or your community uh considered if you consider right people i think you can do crazy things yeah. and uh, of course you will always have people that will not believe it's true and uh, yeah sure. it's uh, of course it's part of the game but i i think if you give consideration to people around you you can go much faster uh, yeah, I think I also, there are so many cool books from the Basecamp founders. Maybe it's uh, it doesn't have to be crazy at work. Maybe it's that one. That's one of their books. And there are also others that they wrote. Yeah. It's fantastic. So the very last part for today's episode is some rapid fire questions. So I either give you a choice or a short question and you have to answer in one sentence. Are you ready? Let's go. What does money mean to you? Uh, money means to me problems. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very interesting thing. I think you do have to elaborate a bit more on that. No, I mean, uh, you know, I think people who have a lot of money, they probably have uh, also um, a lot of problems because they have a lot of people around them yeah. with uh, probably not the right intentions. This is why I think having a lot of money is probably not the best thing. You better share the money with people around you than, than having uh, or being the richest person uh, in the world. I think that's a very refreshing take to also think of and reflect about. How long does it take for you to actually make a decision? Wow, it depends. Uh, I would say sometimes two seconds, yeah. uh, but then I probably come back because my colleague said, no, you, that you were too quick. And, uh, <laughs> but so, uh, very quickly, uh, yeah. in general, if we have to take a decision for something and I have all the elements, I can take decision very quickly. Nice. How many hours of sleep did you get last night? I hope more than four. Yes, last night it was uh, uh, it was good. I think for me to have sometimes I have two three hours during uh, uh, five six seven days when I need to to work on something because I cannot sleep if things are not done. But uh, for me, um, last night was more around uh, six thirty seven hours. Nice. Where do you actually go to think? Um, I like to be isolated. So, um, for me, there are multiple things. I like to be also in nature just to think, you know, and being completely disconnected and just, you know, um, I'm, I'm coming from Canton Jura. So it's, uh, we have a lot of nature there. So sometimes just to go out, uh, um, where there is no crowd, nobody, and just, uh, you know, the nature, it helped me to resource myself and come with fresh ideas so that's yeah. where I go nice and where do you go to stop thinking where I go to stop thinking uh, I would say I come in the office and I'm, I'm really uh, challenged <laughs> and people are asking me a lot of things so it's uh, but I never stop thinking to be quite honest too many ideas yeah still. But it's it's fine because um, your ideas are uh, evolving also because you have the ideas you know you have to go in that uh, field and uh, I'm still thinking in background so and then I wake up and oh that's the right thing to do <laughs> and uh, <laughs> is there one particular idea even if you don't have the time yourself that you'd like to see putting into reality 
Uh, there are some. Um, there is one that I really would like to, to push is uh, to find a, a way uh, to give also access to property to people who doesn't have the, the cash, you know. Yeah. So uh, even why not to create a kind of uh, uh, coca area with a couple of houses where you have people of the community living in. But uh, I'm sure we can find a way to to uh, to handle or to tackle this uh, this thing because unfortunately today in Switzerland if you want to have a, a house or something you need to have a certain amount of cash and uh, the bank doesn't the bank doesn't trust you if you don't have a, a very high salary so i'm sure there is something we can do there amazing so we are super excited about that Pascal, thank you so much for sharing your impressive journey. And we're not only thrilled to see what you will build next with Coca, but also hope to see more of you in the Swiss German part. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you very much for the invitation and for the exchange. Really appreciate it. This episode was brought to you by Swisspreneur's main partner, Clara Business, the digital all-in-one solution for small businesses. Managing internal processes manually and on paper wastes an incredible amount of time. That's why Clara digitizes everything, allowing you to focus on what really matters, your core business. Go to clara.ch to find out how your business administration can be simpler, faster, and more efficient. Again, that's clara.ch.